The American Chapter 1 by Matthew C. McLean Bonsoir I always began in French even though they brought me in because I'm an American. The holding room was one of the casino's smallest. Four walls of faint yellow, a little longer than wide. Just large enough for a grown man to take a few paces or to get some space if someone started swinging. But not much else. Centered towards the back of the room was a single chair behind a small table. The table was there to set things on, like a beverage or ID, but it was bolted to the floor and had a small restraining ring near the middle. This made people brought into the room anxious. You'd catch them staring at it, and most people brought to the room were already nervous. Stepping in briskly, I noticed the man now behind the table wasn't nervous. In a reversal of the usual situation, Gaspard, the pit boss, who had called me in, looked sweatier than normal. He stood with his receding hairline and stooped shoulders near the room's camera as if he were ready to shut it off at a moment's notice. Gaspard wasn't disheveled, though, so I guess the Corsican sitting in the chair hadn't caused any trouble. If he had, I would have heard about it through, by now, either through the earbud or by word of mouth. Despite all the glamour casinos try to drape themselves in, working in one can be incredibly dull. Routine and procedure are the top priorities. It's a bit like prison that way. Or the core, for that matter. After issuing my greeting, I examined the sitting man more closely, trying to get a better idea of how he knew he was Corsican the moment I stepped in. I nodded curtly to Gaspard and moved closer. The Corsican was dark-haired and unshaven, managing to look slick with rain even indoors. He had a shovel of a nose and a tattoo poking out from under his white t-shirt collar. I couldn't see his feet, but the leather jacket he was wearing made me imagine he was wearing motorcycle boots. Of course, it could have just as easily been some knockoff brand of athletic shoe. I knew better than to make assumptions about things that could be verified. He didn't look like the type who would try to cheat a casino. Out in the gambling hall, he would have attracted a lot of attention from the black tie players. And he didn't look French. That is to say, he didn't look like a guy who came from a people who had managed to lose World War II twice. But his nose and other features still had a Gallic cast, which is why I decided that my brain had leapt to him as a Corsican. He smiled with small, uneven teeth, pitted and brown with neglect, though he was younger than me by a good ten years. Seeing that smile and a face that young, I decided that this kid should be out smuggling or running whores or collecting loan shark debts. What was, what was he doing here? Turning to Gaspard, I switched to English in the hopes that the Corsican didn't speak it. What's going on? Gaspard shrugged his narrow shoulders, causing the casino blazer to move like it was controlled by a puppeteer. His gray eyes darted at the Corsican, then back to me. He was disturbing one of our guests. 
I felt my eyes imitate his ocular dance. And I'm supposed to... He shrugged again, his blazer moving up and down on its invisible strings. He didn't speak because the answer was obvious, the same as it always was. I was there to scare the hell out of him. Reaching over Gaspard, I pulled the plug on the camera, my superior height easily reaching it. The indicator below the vacant lens blinked out. Gaspard continued to stare at me, giving a bit of mock concern, speaking in French too fast for me to catch. It was all a part of the show. A crazy American had just shown up. I took off my casino blazer, broadening my wide shoulders as I did, getting a good stretch in while showing off my size. I put murder into my eyes and rotated my body like a tank so the course could see it. I had seen professional cheats and rich, self-important children cower at the routine that me and Gaspard were putting on now. The Corsican was unsettled by it, but shielded the apprehension in his eyes. He knew what was coming next. That meant there wasn't any point in wasting time. I walked over to him, unbuttoning the cuffs of my dress shirt, just another stage tool to ratchet up the tension. By the time I walked around to his side of the table and finished rolling up my sleeves, the Corsican had raised his chin. The fear had gone out of his eyes. It left only a defiance that practically dared me to hit him. So I did. I landed a fist into his solar plexus, pushing all of the air and confidence out of him in one solid strike, causing him to bend over in the chair. Grabbing him by his greasy hair, I smacked his forehead under the table, not hard enough to leave a bruise, but enough to continue the stun. Pulling him back off the table, I kept the tilt going until the front legs of his chair were off the floor. Then I kicked the back legs out from under him. I let go of him long enough that he could tumble backwards, smacking the back of his head into the wall, then sliding down to the cement floor. Then I grabbed him by the front of the shirt and I lifted him up so I could lead him forward to whisper a couple of memorized French phrases. They were generally meaningless threats, Something for the mark to hear while worrying about my fists or my imposing size or the crazy in my eyes. Things like, we don't like your type around here, or what makes you think you can act like this, you should be more respectful, that kind of thing. In the case of troublemakers I couldn't touch, I salted in a mix of legal or parental menace. But seeing as I didn't have that much in the way of restrictions with the Corsican, I let my hands walk him around. I dropped him again, letting him fall to the floor like a deboned fish, giving him a few kicks to soft tissue in order to make sure he stayed down. I circled him, barking choice insults and phrases as I did, mostly to gauge his state. He managed to shoot me a few scornful glares, each one earning him another kick. While I was doing this, Gaspard went around us, moving to open the door at the back of the holding room. It was nearly invisible, only a seam in the wall. It opened up into a labyrinth of utility hallways lined with steam pipes and electric routers. If one knew the proper path, you could take this to a little-used back exit where a limo could be waiting for you. Or in the case of someone like the Corsican, they could be dumped by the trash far away from anyone important. I picked him up by his shirt collar, right fist back in preparation for one more blow when curiosity got the better of me. Instead of another line of rote intimidation, I gritted out, Why are you here?
The recognition in his eyes told me that he did understand English. His stilted response told me that he didn't speak it very well, although that might have been the pain I had put him in. Either way, he managed. He has the girl. The words struck me harder than his fists probably could have. Images of Cheryl and Sophie coming into my mind. It caused me to let go, him slumping back to the floor. I stared at him as I Gaspard dragged him towards the exit, the leather jacket tight enough that it cinched the Corsican under the arms as Gaspard pulled him by the collar. I shook off my doubt and followed, locking the door behind us, then helping drag the poor sap to the alley we'd be dumping him in. Pulling him along the gray concrete of the utility hallway, I asked Gaspard, who is this guy bothering? His brow dotted with the sweat from dragging the young and rather light man. Gaspard shook some, shook some of it off. No one to, to concern yourself with. Annoyed at the implied superiority of the answer, I gave the Corsican an easy shake and asked him, Hey buddy, who are you bothering? A low groan was the only reply from the kid, but Gaspard shot me a nervous glance from under a paling brow. Don't bother this one, American. You don't need the trouble. I shrugged. He was right, of course. But that had never stopped me before.